0: When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. Have you ever thought about your pilot? He or she gets you to your favorite destination for vacation or to that very important business meeting, or to the long-awaited family trip. Today, on Stories Connect People podcast, I am bringing a pilot to life. The pilot is Jorge Cruz. How many of us are truly living our childhood dream? Where we can say beyond a doubt that this is what we are called to do. Jorge is living his childhood dream and bringing so many travel dreams to life for others. He has such a deep love and passion for his career, and couple that with his love for people, and it's such a remarkable match. Wait till you hear his story. It's in his blood. Recently on social media, Jorge shared a quote. Whenever I find myself doubting how far I can go, I remind myself how far I had come and boy has he come far. Jorge shares how his dream was brought to life, his parents who are at the core of everything, and how he devotes his life to flying people around the world and his passion for doing so. Welcome my friend, Jorge Cruz. Hi Jorge, how are you today? It is such a pleasure to have you on Stories Connect People podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Polly. How you doing? (laughs)
0: We're going to have so much fun today. Oh, we are. So Jorge and I are friends, and I have uh, known him for a long time, and I'm so excited to have him on the podcast today. And I'm always one that I want to hear about other people and what they're doing and about their story, and that's just kind of how I am. But I don't know all about Jorge's story to uh, becoming a pilot. And so I am so excited to um, just have fun with him today and to share his story on uh, Stories Connect People. So, again, welcome, Jorge.
1: Thank you. And I'm not happy to share my story with everyone.
0: Great, great. So... Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about your background, maybe even before you became a pilot, where'd you grow up and some of those uh, details?
1: Okay, so I'm um, originally born and raised in Miami, Florida.
0: I love Miami.
1: Uh, I do too. I miss the beaches. <laughs> uh, my parents from Honduras, uh, they came to the uh, US in the uh, early 70s. And um, so I grew up there most of my life. And I always had a passion for airplanes. Uh, it's one thing I remember, my parents taking me to my grandmother's house, and uh, and they lived near the airport. And not only that, I was excited to see my grandmother, but I'm also excited to see airplanes take off and land. So, uh, How
0: sweet I, is that?
1: Yeah. So after, you know, having our hellos and we have our meals, you know, I go outside and I just sit out there and I just start looking at planes take off and land. And that really fascinated me that made me really happy and my parents um you know took me to the airports on Sundays just to see planes take off and land because they knew that's something I loved and I enjoyed and I've
0: seen um many times because I, I worked in Miami for a while on mm-hmm. a special project and it is like a thing to do in Miami to go sit and watch the yeah. planes take off because there's a really good area for yeah. that, and um, so that's so interesting. I've done that.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we had our picnics, something that I'm used to today, and uh, and we just watched these airplanes take off and land for you know for several hours, and I'm just having a good time. Um, so being a pilot, it's you know, it's 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 hard. You know, it's challenging. It's it takes a lot of dedication. You know, uh, you know, besides having the, the, you know, the, the background and, you know, or having good grades in math, uh, you know, there's more to it than just being good at math. It's very psychological. It's very, um, it's very, it's, it's very, uh, emotional, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of accountability and responsibility of being a pilot and there's something that I wanted to challenge myself and I knew I wanted to be a pilot. So, moving on. So you on. knew
0: that early as a child that you wanted to be a pilot? Yeah. How awesome is that?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny cuz it, since third grade when we took that field trip um in the, to Miami International Airport, you know, I we I ran into a captain of an airline and he picked me of all the 20 students that were in that group. And he took me to the cockpit, and when I just sat there, it's like I knew this is something I want to do when I grow up.
0: How old were you?
1: I was probably like seven years old, and well, it was. And you're living
0: your dream, and
1: I'm living my dream today. You know, so uh, so moving forward, so I went to college, and um, you know, there's one thing I knew that one of the biggest hurdles that I have to uh face is the fundings for flight training. Flight training isn't cheap. It's it's very expensive. And um growing up with my parents, I knew that the that my parents really weren't making the the money that was required for me to pay for my flight training. So um I knew that challenge was behind me because it you know because you know everyone's flight training is different, you know, and you know you just never know you know if there's a pause because for some reason, like weather or because I'm sick or the teach or you know the instructor is sick so I mean there's so many hurdles out there, and uh so I took a job uh working at the flight school that I was doing my flight training and where I beca-
0: did you where did you do your flight training
1: uh tenm airport okay and uh so i uh that for a few years and that really gave us a discount on airplane rentals and that really helped my parents but still it wasn't enough to you know pay off the flight training i started applying for scholarships uh, to help me pay for the flight training so there were two individuals that i would like to personally thank for today um lois and harvey watson mm-hmm. those two give 10 students you know a scholarship to help them pay for their flight training and uh, Lois was she was a, a, a pilot, and uh, Harvey uh, was never a pilot. But she decided to donate a portion of her money to students at Miami Dade College in honor of her late husband um, Saul Ige. And oh. uh, so she's been doing that since 1987. And she does even,
0: 10 students she she uh, gives 10 scholarships is, yeah. is that a year
1: a year yes yes uh, what a
0: gift it yeah. that is to your career so what does that meant to you
1: oh my gosh it's without without their generosity I don't know what would I be today I mean they are in my heart all the times Harvey Lois, if you're listening today I thank you for you know, for this generosity, you know, you made my dreams come true.
0: Well, it sounds like they're such incredible people. I hope they listen to the podcast. They're going to, they're going to be so moved by you and your story and just Their generosity certainly has had such a big impact on your life, it sounds.
1: Yeah, yeah. I owe it all to them.
0: Have you ever um, been able to meet them or follow up with them? I
1: follow Lois on Facebook sometimes. Um, I see her posting, you know, she's enjoying her time canoeing in in northern Florida. She's spending time with Harvey. Harvey seems to be in good health. Uh, So, yeah, I try to keep in touch with them as much as possible. And I sent them some pictures sometimes like, hey, here I am, you know, flying the, you know, with Southwest. And, you know, I think of them a lot. So that helped me pay off my flight training. And that really helped my parents, you know, alleviate the the fundings to uh to pay for the flight training. So after I was done, uh, you know, I became a flight instructor. So it's now my turn to share my passion and share my experience uh with students and I've worked with so many great pilots and a lot of them consider them my friends, my coworkers. And you know, it's it was such a rewarding experience just to work with them and 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 teach them, you know, how to be pilots. So I did that for about 3 to 4 years to build that flight experience to to move on to the next level of your career of being an airline pilot. Now Being an airline pilot, um, it has its challenges because we all have the same qualifications. We all have the same ratings.
0: So what makes one pilot stand out over another?
1: It's all about connecting with the recruiters. It's about how you connect with them. Can we get along? Can we fly together? You know, it's all about a personality, uh, based and
0: and well your personality is absolutely magnetic oh thank you (laughs) thank you everyone loves you thank you Uh, you're so fun and kind and and just just awesome to be around and i can imagine that and i haven't been on a flight with you but i can imagine that uh that the crew and mm-hmm. and uh, the person you're flying with and the passengers see that uh, yeah. from you
1: yeah I, and i hope they do too <laughs> um you know and um and it was going back to being a um, getting that job at the air uh in the airline industry uh you know it's again it's about connecting with the recruiters it's like connecting with the airlines and you know and you know yes we all have the same experience but just that connection is really key it's really important and then uh in 2001 i finally landed my first airline job i worked for atlantic southeast airlines known now today as express jet airlines uh they were a subsidiary of delta airlines so we okay. flew passengers all around the country we did some international and we connect them to delta's main hub atlanta or detroit or whatever other hubs that they have and um you know, so I did that for about 15 years. You know, I flew those small little turbo props that most people are afraid of because they're so small and only had carry 30 people to the Canada regional jet that carries 50 passengers in the jet. And uh, so I did that. And then um, after 15 years, you know, I finally landed my dream job working for Southwest Airlines. And I've been with them for five years and it's been five rewarding years and
0: you said that that this is just in your blood and I follow you on a Facebook of course and on Instagram and it is so the the pictures that you post and and the the messages that you post about your love for your craft and, and flying for Southwest Airlines and it is just like you can see it. It just jumps off of the off the picture and just the hell um, passionate and the love that you have for for your work. and so for anyone that follows you, they have to absolutely see <laughs> that. It, it's, it's really amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you. thank you. I I you know I, I try to do my best to you know to show that passion, that love I have for flying with everyone because you know, it's like anyone can be a pilot you know, and, or be whatever it is you have a dream of. And, you know, and I, and that's what I I do. I I share that with, not just with my friends, but I share that with, you know, some of my other friends who wants to be a pilot and, you know, and to tell them is like how much I love my job. I love what I do. I love working with the people and I love meeting new people. And, you know, it's just something I've—I've, I've, like you said, I've had it in my blood ever since I was a kid, and I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: That's so awesome. Well, on social media, you uh, refer to uh, yourself as Captain Gammy. I, I don't—I mean, should I know what that is? Is that like a reference? <laughs> is that like a reference to something? Um, well, yes. I've never asked you that, and. I- People I should have. I should have. Uh. You should ask, you know, since <laughs> so
1: we're friends. Uh, so Captain Gamey. Um, uh, Gamey, okay. It's actually Captain, Captain Gamey.
0: Captain Gamey.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. I've actually never really shared this with anyone. Um, you know, being a brand new pilot, you're, you're sitting standby. You're sitting, res- when it was called reserve. Uh, so you're sitting around waiting to call you for a trip. So... For me to kill time, I'm usually playing with my Game Boy. Oh. (laughs) So I was referred to as Game Boy because I'm just here playing with my Game Boy. And people are asking me questions like, leave me alone. I'm playing Mm. Game Boy. Leave me alone. I'm playing my Game Boy. So people started calling me Game Boy. And then, of (laughs) course, I became captain. So people called me Captain Game Boy. And then uh, as I got older, uh, my dear friend, uh, Tommy Brown, he for some reason, confronted me and tell me that, you know, you're no longer a boy. You're a man now. <laughs> you need to stop calling yourself Captain Game Boy. <laughs> and it's like, okay, um, I'm going to come up with a new name. And he just spit it out. Gamey. I'm going to call you Captain Gamey. So, I love it. Yeah, I, I love it too. I was like, yeah, I can live with that. Captain Gamey. Uh, so that's how the name came. It all came from him. So every time I post, you know, the name Captain Game Me reminds me of him. Oh, and, that's you know, special. He's a very spe- special, dear friend. You know, he passed away a few years ago and, you know, I miss him.
0: Oh, we should all have a friend like that.
1: Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's how uh, the, the, the Captain Game Me uh, came along on my Facebook or social media.
0: Okay. You know,
1: just every, just Sending a quick reminder is like I'm thinking of you up there.
0: Oh yeah. that's uh that's a special story.
1: Yeah, thank you. Great, yeah.
0: you yeah. know, a way to continue to remember him. Yeah. So how- now
1: everybody knows what the gamey come <laughs> from. You know, so it's
0: Okay, Captain Gaming. <laughs> I know I know the story now.
1: Yep, Now everyone knows the story now.
0: Well, what do you get asked often as a pilot and uh We'll, we'll we'll start with that and then I, and then I have another question for you.
1: The most common question I get asked is do you fly the same routes every week? And
0: where are you based?
1: I'm based here in Atlanta. Okay,
0: you're based in Atlanta. And uh how long did it take you to get based in Atlanta? Was that right away? I know that that's sometimes seniority, seniority driven.
1: Seniority 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 driven and you know with the Southwest AirTran merger back in, you know, 2010, uh You know, Atlanta was the smallest base for Southwest Airlines. And uh, so when I started working for Southwest, one of the things they told me about was, keep in mind, I know you live in Atlanta, but you might have to be based in Chicago or Dallas, Oakland, California for for years. For years. Uh, So I was ready for it. I was, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll start in Chicago, you know, this year. Maybe next year I'll do Dallas.
0: Does uh being bilingual does that give you an advantage as a pilot?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, being bilingual, you know, not only helps me, but it helps our passengers. Uh, not every passenger that we fly speaks fluently English, um, and I speak fluently in Spanish, and uh, we do fly into places around uh, Central and. And, uh, and the Caribbean, uh, Central America, like Mexico and Costa Rica, we fly to Cuba, we fly to Puerto Rico, uh, Santo Domingo. And sometimes we encounter passengers that doesn't speak English. And um, and some of them get a little bit intimidated uh, that the fact that they don't speak a word of English. So I get to talk to them and, you know, and try to uh, answer all their questions. And uh, so it makes their lives so much easier. that makes their flying experience so much better just knowing that there's a pilot or, or even a uh, flight attendant, you know, that can actually speak a different language. And, and, you know, we have.
0: I'm sure that does give them a comfort level if they have any issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, there are pilots and flight attendants that speak multiple languages besides Spanish. You know, they can speak French and uh, German and Italian and, and that's, Plus for them also because you know we 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 have passengers from um, all over uh, all over the world.
0: So when you're standing at the door as people are leaving, do you usually greet, say goodbye to the passengers?
1: Yeah, I actually. Uh, uh, I'm
0: sure you love that.
1: I, I love that. I, I love you know talking to, you know to the passengers. You know saying thank you and a simple thank you and a smile to me means a whole lot because knowing that I got these passengers to their destination because it's, it, you know, they're, they they have a purpose to fly. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's really nice to, you know, hear the same thing, a thank you and, and a simple smile from them in return, uh, makes me realize that I did my job. Um, unfortunately, with the current pandemic that's been going on today, uh, you know, we can't be as, you know, Facing our passengers as like we used to, and then greeting our passengers. So that's been a little bit of a challenging uh, few months for us, or for me, especially to uh, interact with our passengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, but I do my best. I, I try to communicate with them. I wear the mask, you know, like everyone else. And you know, it's it's just really hard to just show my expression my smile. It's like thank <laughs> you for Cuz that is flying. one of the
0: best things about you. Yeah,
1: thank you. <laughs> thank you. So uh, yeah, uh it's uh, i still do I still do that today. Um of course, safely uh you know, a safe distance from. So yeah, that's uh it's it's it's, it's uh, I, I enjoy what I do. I love it every minute of it. It's rewarding. Um it's always nice to hear passengers, you know, saying thank you and you know, a big smile uh, for getting them safely and Get them there to wherever it is they need to go to to see their family or vacation, uh, or whatever. And uh, so, I, it's it's just it's just an everyone experience.
0: Well, you love you have such a love for flying, but you have such a love for people also, mm-hmm. and so that's a really great combination. Um, that's awesome. Thank you. Well, um, so you have such a love for people do you have any interesting um, stories about your passengers or anything that's been um, meaningful uh, to you as a pilot?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we all have our good days. we all have our bad days. And I'll go with a good day uh, story and then I'll go with a bad day story. The good day story is we had a family uh, that was going on a cruise that day and they were having already a bad morning because they missed a the first flight. And so they had to catch the next flight, which was my flight to get to Atlanta, to get to their destination, to catch their cruise. And so, uh, the dad, uh, confronted, uh, you know, approached me and then started asking me questions. It's like, Hey, are you the pilot flying this airplane? It's like, yes, um, we're already having a bad day. You know, we missed our first flight and, uh, you know, I wonder if you can help us to get us to Atlanta so we can make our connecting flight to catch our cruise It's like, well. I'll do my best, but what I can do is probably, you know, leave five minutes early and, you know, try to get you there as quickly as possible and, you know, and maybe get some shortcuts to get to Atlanta quicker. And, um, so I started talking to the gate agent and, um, you know, and I explained the gate agent, um, their situation, and I told them that if we can put them in the front row of the plane so they could be the first one to get off the plane in Atlanta and make their connecting flight. And so get agent agreed, you know, it was not a full flight. So they weren't sitting up front. You know, so the passengers were pretty, pretty uh, appreciative of that. So we finally make it to Atlanta uh, 45 minutes early, so which gives them about almost an hour for them to catch their connecting flight. Great. So they get their stuff and they get off the plane, but the kid leaves the laptop in the airplane. Oh my god. And it's like great. All
0: of that, and he leaves his laptop.
1: Yep, yeah, he leaves his laptop and the flight attendant hands me the laptop. It's like, can you hand this to the gate agent? Uh so the gate agent can um reach out to the passenger on the PA to like, hey, we had your laptop here. And of course, you know, me. Being as a passenger, I've been in situations where I had a connecting flight, and my mind just is focused on trying to make that flight. So, sometimes the P announcement is like, eh, nothing important. Uh, so, I was actually had the courtesy and the courage to actually run and find them because I knew where they were going because the one nice thing about me being a pilot is I like to interact with our passengers. It's like, where are you going and hear your stories? And I, I, I enjoy that. So I remember where they were going. And so I looked at my phone and it's like, okay, so this, this is the gate. And the nice thing about Atlanta Hartsfield airport is, you know, you got ABCD, uh, concourse and we're at C concourse. We're going to B concourse. So I can just run in and go to their gate. And, uh, so I go to their gate and uh, and I find them. And they have
0: to be blown away.
1: Oh, they were blown away when I approached them. It's like, is I don't know if you remember me, but I was the pilot dude that got you from point A to point B to catch ke- you know to catch your flight out of Tampa to to uh, make your cruise. Like, yeah, you. By the way, you 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 left your laptop, and uh, the uh, the the mother just started crying um, and so appreciative, and she just gives me the big hug because not only that her kid left the you know, the laptop at the plane, but it was also her work laptop. And it's like, all my stuff is in this laptop.
0: Talk about going the extra mile for people or for your passengers. That's yeah.
1: Um, then of course there are those days that are, you know, is bad. And there's one story, I, I still think about, you know, about it today. Um, so we had a passenger, uh, same, same story. There were meeting some friends uh, to go on a cruise, a uh, high school reunion. So she was traveling by herself to Atlanta. And then we get a message in flight from our dispatcher. And we have a computer, uh, you know, that was called the A cars, And we it's kind of a text message uh, uh, method of communicating with our dispatcher. And the dispatcher was uh, telling us that um, that one of the passengers that was going to, you know, meet their friends and go on this cruise. Well, her husband just passed away. And, you know, and it's like, you know, so I sent a text message back to the dispatchers like, okay, so why is this, you know, why is this, you know, why do I need to know this? You know, why, why, why uh, do you want me to tell this passenger, like what happened? And the dispatcher was explaining to me that the, the husband just dropped her off at the airport that morning mm. and goes back home and cardiac arrest and he just died. And you know, and I you know, that flight from Mobile to Atlanta was the longest flight I've ever had to operate. And it felt so long because how come I how am I going to explain this to the passenger? And um and knowingly when we get to you and know, is that
0: your responsibility? Was it your responsibility um, at that time to share it when the flight landed?
1: Well, that I did not know that was going to be my responsibility because I don't know if she'll get the phone calls, the the text messages. I don't know oh, if she had any ways to communicate with her. Sure, I don't sure, know. Sure. I really don't know. So, but, you know, the, the dispatcher was, you know, was telling me just be advised that there might be a passenger that might be, you know, having an emotional moment where, you know, she just lost her loved one. And um, so, we finally landed and, you know, so, we get off the plane and the flight attendant, our flight attendant was, um, you know, was comforting our passenger. And, you know, so, I try to explain to her, you know, I heard the news and I'm really sorry for what just happened. It's just devastating to, you know, to... You know, to hear this news that, you know, your husband just dropped you off and, you know, and just to hear that he passed away unexpectedly and now we have to worry to get you back home if that's what you want. And, you know, and she said, yes, I, I want to get back home. So right away, I was working with a gate agent uh, that um, that helped us uh, unload the passengers. And and I explained to them, look, we have a situation here where a passenger lost her, uh, her husband. Uh, unexpectedly. And I'm trying to see if we can work a way to get her flight back to Mobile. And, um, you know, the airline was on top of everything, because when they sent me that text message, they were already right away working on trying to rebook them to get get her back to uh, Mobile. And um, so the flight was right next door, and they were waiting for her. And so it's like, great, fantastic. So now we just got to find her check bag and Put it in there so she can be on that flight and uh, and get her back home as quickly as possible. Uh, the reason why, to me, that's a bad day is is because, you know, I feel for them. You know, it's 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 really it's really sad that you know here you are going on a on a trip, you know, to meet your friends and go on on a cruise and to hear this devastating news. It's it's really just sad that just all of a sudden it just stops right away because you know it, it's just like you just got hit with with
0: a, such terrible news. With
1: terrible news. And it's uh and uh you know, so I talked to the crew that wasn't that flight that day, and you know, we, we were all really sad. It was really made our day really, really sad. So we all went to dinner. You know, so we went out for dinner on our overnights and we talked about it, you know, because it's not something that we can just, you know, we'll call it a day and we'll go to go home. No, we we're in the middle of a trip. Right. So tomorrow's has to be, the, you know, tomorrow's a new day. We're going to do this again. So it's, um, we talked about it, you know, we comfort, you know, uh, each other, you know, making sure that we're okay, mm-hmm. you know, so it's. But I still think about that today, and and I really hate sharing those kind of stories because it's just. But it's
0: reality of things that happen yeah. that that you have to deal with.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, so I still think about her today. I will never forget her face. Um, I will never forget her name. I won't share her name, but you know. But I, you know, she's uh, she's in my heart. That, so it's. Uh, but life goes on. You know, tomorrow is a new, a new day. Tomorrow I have to operate this flight, and we. Mentally, have to be prepared for our next flight. This is another story, actually. So we had a a flight. uh, This is several months ago, and had a happy ending at the end. And I'll share it with you. Uh, So, this passenger uh, was flying from Baltimore to Fort Lauderdale, and he, in the middle of the flight, he goes into a cardiac arrest, and you know, right away the. The flight attendants uh, are jumping into action and trying to help this passenger. Oh, goodness. And then uh, some of our passengers were in the medical field, which were assisting the uh, flight attendants. And, uh, you know, so the flight attendants tell us, like, this is what's going on. And so we have to connect them with our dispatcher and connect them with our medical fields in Dallas and, and then... Tell them, you know, this is what's going on. We have a passenger that went into cardiac arrest. So, they're trying to give him CPR. They took out the defibrillator and started to use the defibrillator. And uh, so, we had to uh, divert to an airport. And uh, so, we diverted to Jacksonville.
0: Now, do you make that decision as a pilot, use your best judgment to determine, or is it a team-based decision? It's, based a, it's,
1: desi- a, it's a, te- a team effort. It's a team effort because, you know, back of our head is like, well, Jacksonville is the best option, mm-hmm. but here's Savannah, Georgia.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: maybe we can get them into Savannah, Georgia. But uh, there's so many factors uh, going in and making that decision-making, but mostly it's it's the pilots that make that decision Uh, to get you know to get this plane on the ground safely and to get this passenger the medical need that uh, he he or she requires you know it was a scary moment because you really don't hear often that a passenger you know is you know you hear often the passenger gets sick you know Mm -hmm. fine it's you know they have an emotion sickness or I fainted or or but you know to have a cardiac arrest it's a much different story it's you know it's you it's like a
0: life-threatening.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a life-threatening event. And it's, you know, you really you really got everyone's attention. And uh, so going to Jacksonville, uh, you know, they revived them. And uh, so we landed. And the one thing that really blew my mind when we got to the gate and the medical field's coming in, the passenger just gets up and walks out of the airplane.
0: Walks off the airplane?
1: Yeah. Like. Nothing happened.
0: Was the whole plane cheering for the, him?
1: Yes. They were applauding, cheering, and, you know, I'm just, I was just blown away because it's like, is this the passenger that had the cardiac arrest? I'm like, yep, that's him. He just walked out of the airplane. I'm like, wow, wow. And, uh, you know, what's really also what caught me by surprise is how young he was. He was only 28 years old.
0: That's so young.
1: And. um, You know, of course, him being a kid, you know, it's like, I'm ready to get back on this plane and ready to go to Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, no. No, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. At least You're lucky
0: to be alive. You're
1: lucky first first of all, you're lucky to be alive. Two, at least have the doctors look at you, you know, at least make sure you're okay and you know, there's no other symptoms or any other issues with you and we'll put you on the next flight to Fort Lauderdale and you can party on later tonight, but (laughs) not on my flight. You're not. And, you know, he was disappointed about that. And, you know, but at the same time, he understood that, you know, he almost lost his life.
0: Well, do you ever hear from passengers?
1: I do hear from them sometimes. You know, sometimes I get uh, uh, letters from passengers. This one in particular, the, with the cardiac arrest, uh, he actually wrote to the uh, to the company how, one, how thankful he was that he got the medical assistance he needed. And, two, how we got him into uh uh to his uh to Jacksonville to get his medical attention. But the one little critique he gave he gave me is like I refuse him from getting back on our flight. I'm like, no. I mean it's like
0: <laughs> You made the decision. I the made that decision. Des- the and best decision for you, his life.
1: You know, it's like look, you know, I, I would love to have you on my flight again, but not this not this time. You know, let's just get you to a doctor. Let's just have you checked out and because this medical field, I mean, uh, p- uh, people that were waiting for you at the gate, I mean, they're not doctors. I mean, there are, but at the same time, they, the doctor could see something more different than sure than they can. But, but I made that put my foot down. It's like, nope, you're not getting on this flight.
0: I can imagine for you. So you're moving people around, you know, the country or, or it broader, broader depending on the flights and for personal reasons and for business and work and family and to see family and just you there's I'm sure such a sense of pride which you've talked about um, but also such a um, responsibility and accountability that you have and you uh, told us in the beginning you know that this is psychological and it's emotional and just um everything that you have to be prepared for for this uh, you know level of responsibility you have for the entire plane talk about that
1: um you know it really does take a lot of responsibility uh to be a pilot uh it starts at home you know it's it's knowing that you got the right amount of rest uh, or sleep um you're healthy you're fit to fly and you know driving to work, I mean it's making sure you get there you know on time for your for your trip and you know doing your preflights i mean it's 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 a lot of responsibility um but also the accountability is it's it's key because massive it's massive because we're we're responsible for your safety and for the safety of my crew, the safety of you know the the, the gate agents and the rampers and everyone you know and it's it's uh it's it's really um like you said it's it's psychologically challenging because you know you come to work and you always expect the unexpected it, it, it can be challenging sometimes and some on some other days it's just another normal day at work but i love it i enjoy it i love the challenge uh you know i'm always prepared uh, mentally prepared for the unexpected and you know it's just
0: the thing is is you never know what can happen. You
1: never know. You never know what can happen. And it, it can happen at any time, any day, any moment. And you just have to be mentally prepared for that. And it's it's it but I take a lot of pride on that because that's something I knew what I was gonna get into and, and I enjoyed that. And it's 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 in my blood. It's I, I really enjoy the challenge. And every day it's something different. Not every flight is the same. Uh so it's 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 quite it's 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 quite the uh the experience.
0: Well, I see the you know just the love that you have for it. It is so incredible. Um, what is so you know in the movies? It's kind of portrayed that you know <laughs> flying is you know the pilot the pilot's life is mm-hmm. glamorous and and you know it's in the movies it's it's portrayed that way. Yeah. I mean, what is it in reality? fascinating for you and you have such a love for it but yeah.
1: you know it's, it's
0: probably not quite as glamorous as it's made out to be
1: yeah unfortunately it's not as glamorous <laughs> as it used to be back in the 70s and 80s where you get the first class meals everyone got the first class meals and um you know things changed uh you know it's it's something that really got me interested in being a pilot back then it's you know cuz when I took that field trip uh to Miami airport is you you know, you see the, the, the pilots and the flight attendants walking together into the airplane and, you know, and how the flight attendants were, you know, their uniform was, you know, was pressed and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're
0: beautiful people. Oh yeah, beautiful would you, people. Would you are, you are such a handsome man. Oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, and they're just, I mean, there's, there's, you know, I really wish there's still a lot of that today where, you know, that glamour days, but it's, you know, things change, the economy's changed and you know, it's just a much different ambiance today than it was back in the 70s and 80s. -hmm.
0: So what's life like on the road for you? Do you make the most of the cities that you visit?
1: Absolutely. You know, there's one thing I enjoy about being a pilot. It's uh, traveling to many places around the country and around the world. And, you know, it's my goal personally is to check out the cities and to check out what they have to offer. And I like to share that with people. You know, and, uh, you know, whether going to a museum or going to a park, uh, you know, the the one big thing I enjoy mostly is eating. I love food and I love to check out. You're a
0: foodie.
1: Oh, yeah. I I love love to check out uh, local restaurants around the country uh, where I travel to, uh, you know, whether it's having a a good cheesesteak sandwich at the Knicks in Philadelphia to good barbecue in Austin, Texas at Ironworks, or you're going to Memphis for Gus's fried chicken, or you're going to Portland, Oregon for some good Thai food at Tuk Tuck. I mean, I enjoy that. I, I love, you know, I love food and I love traveling to these places. So when I travel uh, uh, t- before the overnight, I always look, I'm like, okay, where can I go today? Where I'm going to go uh, to go eat today. I always have these plans. Mm-hmm. I have these schedules already. So I I, I enjoy it. So that's my life in the row now. That's when you have a long enough overnight. Um, sometimes not all the times you'll get a long enough overnight. So most of the times you have to, you know, make sure you get the proper rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you, you know, you go exercise, you work out, or you go running in the park, which I do a lot too. And and there'll be times where overnights are super short. And all you can do is just go to your room, get your rest, and go back and start all over again for a, a new A new new day.
0: Is there something that um, we would be surprised to know about the pilot life that...
1: And I think I can probably speak for 99.9% of the pilots out there today, but we have bragging rights to say that we have the best seats in the house. (laughs) We got... Oh, my
0: gosh. Sometimes the the pictures that you post of the sunrise or just...
1: It's, you know... The most rewarding thing about being a pilot is the vista view. You know, you get to see a sunrise, a sunset, and every day is a different sunrise and sunset. You can. And the s-
0: thing about the sunrise and sunsets is it never, ever, ever gets old.
1: No, no, it never gets old. Every, I mean, it's so different. It's just beautiful. Even thunderstorms. When you're far away, and you get to see all these thunderstorms out there, you see all this lightning action going on. It's really fascinating to see Mother Nature at work um sometimes at night you get to see some meteor showers you know and sometimes if you're flying pretty far up north you can see the northern lights you know it's it's really a rewarding experience and of course let's not forget about you know what you can see below you too because i mean there's just so many places around the world that has really fantastic views like going into like portland oregon or seattle washington you see all the mountains out there it's just beautiful or you go into the California coastline and you see the beaches up and it's, it's just amazing. And you're flying over the Rocky Islands, I mean, Rocky Mountains, and, and you get to see all the mountains out there going into Denver or or Salt Lake City. I mean, it's just amazing. So I think that would be the one thing that I, I usually tell my passengers, get a window seat because <laughs> there's so much to see out there. Don't focus on just your phone or a laptop or watching a movie. So look outside because you just never know what you'll see out there. It's just that's really so, amazing.
0: That's so true. Yeah. Now, are you the ch- are you a chatty pilot with the uh, <laughs> on your flights? No. Or a really humorous pilot or make I, jokes I'm, to the passengers? No.
1: Nah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I try. My my goal is is trying to make your travel experience pleasant, you know, and so uh, sometimes you know you'll have passengers who are nervous. That's perfectly normal. People who are nervous flyers, or you know, are just not having a good day, you know. So I try to make their day as uh, as, uh, as good as possible. And sometimes you'll have passengers just don't want to talk to you at all. Like that's fine. That's fine. You know, I'll I'll I'll. Uh, I'll give you your distance, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll leave you all alone here. And so, um, you know, I I do try to talk with passengers and try to hear their stories. And it's like, oh, so where are you going today? So, oh, we're going here. All right. So what are, you, are you going to see family? Are you going there for vacation or, you know, business, you know? And some of them will will talk to you and just start sharing their stories with me. And it's I just listening. Yeah.
0: Well, are you a good passenger when you are... The passenger on a flight. What's that like for you?
1: What's really hard for me is sitting in the back as a passenger. Is I love my job so much being a pilot. I just rather be up front flying the airplane. Not that I don't trust the pilots. It's the sure. fact. It's just. It's kind of like a. I guess it's just having you know having controls of the airplane. It's something that I enjoy doing. Is
0: it just a rush for you every time you take off? Oh
1: yes. Yes. I love it. I love the takeoff. I love the landings. They're all, you know, every takeoff and landing is different. And I just love doing that. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a good passenger. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy it. Um, but, you know, every time I'm a passenger, I'm always sitting in this in the window because mm-hmm. I'm looking outside, you know, and, you know, I don't, I rarely look at my phone. I rarely look at my laptop and look at movies. I'm just looking outside because just never know what you can see out mm-hmm. there. And I share that with passengers just like – because some passengers ask me, do I sit in a window or in an aisle? Window. Always sit in a window because you never know what you can see out there. You know, and it's just – Well, that's, be- such,
0: that's such a great tip because I'm exactly the opposite. I will <laughs> – you know i want the aisle seat mm-hmm. and you know i open up my computer to start working the second i get on the plane and yeah. and put it away the yeah. last second that i have you know that i yeah. have to Yeah, i'll push it to the very <laughs> the very yeah. last second of yeah. work just working and, 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 and that's so, fine you know i know but you can.
1: You got the business travelers. Yeah, absolutely. And I get that. I get it. I get it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you could take a little break and you just look out the window. Even if it's sitting in the aisle seat, you can sometimes look out there and it's like, you just never know what you'll see. It's an
0: example of being really present where you are and taking advantage of it. And so I -hmm. I love that you say that. Well, well, um, for someone that's interested in or, you know, maybe a younger person aspiring to be a pilot, what advice do you have for them?
1: If you can dream it, you can do it. You know, anyone can be a pilot. It takes a lot of patience. Um, It's very challenging. It's very psychologically challenged because there's just so much that it takes to be a pilot. And, you know, I've shared most of that story with you today. You know, it's, we all have our different learning curves. And, you know, it's... You know, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really the have the pace where most pilots um, have to um, during their training. So I was a slow learner, but it doesn't mean I'm not a bad pilot either. Uh, you know, it's it's you know you 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 have to be patient, and you you'll get it. You'll you can you can do it. And I encourage anyone anyone can be a pilot, and if you can dream it, again, you can do it.
0: Well, you have a quote on um, Facebook that says, "There's no such thing as a natural-born pilot." Generally, the person with the most experience is the best. Chuck, why Yeager. do you say by Chuck <laughs> Yeager? Why do you say? Why is that your favorite quote?
1: You know, Chuck Yeager um, spoke out on my commencement uh, graduation in Embry Riddle uh, back in '98, and just hearing his story about him being a pilot just really touched me, really, you know, I just really enjoyed hearing him talk and I really wished I I had the time to like talk to him during the commencement and ask him, what was it like? What was your feeling the moment you broke the sound barrier? Mm -hmm. And that's, and I guess some people really don't know much about Chuck Yeager, but he's the one who broke the sound barrier. And I just always wanted to ask him that question. What was that feeling like when you
0: realized I just
1: broke the sound barrier? And and um, I still want to ask him this today, you know, if I ever get the chance to meet him or talk to him. But uh,
0: I hope that you get that chance.
1: I hope so too. I hope so too. Uh, but uh, that's why you know he's one of my one of my favorite. He he's just really great. And there's so many other pilots out there that you know who's really or very rewarding to hear their stories you know so it's but chuck yeager definitely stood out when you know when he spoke at my commencement uh, graduation
0: um i am such a family person and something that i love so much about you and i see this because um you know we're connected on facebook and and, and sometimes I ask about your parents but you are so close to your parents and i feel like that you have such a love for them, and um you know how important um have first of all, I'm sure they're just just in, uh, incredibly proud of you and you being a pilot and just everything that that you've achieved um but how important are they to your life?
1: They're the air that I breathe i mean they're they've done so much for me. They sacrifice so much. Oh. To, <laughs> in order for um to help me make my dream come true. And um they challenged me, you know, they they asked me so many times, um, uh, are you sure you want to be a pilot? And uh and I said, Yeah, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. And they did everything possible in their will and their power to make sure that my dream comes true and you know they they supported me from the beginning and i owe it all to them and even today i still owe it to them knowing that that they they helped me they helped me make my dream come true and i love them for that i'm sorry <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it so much.
1: Um, so, yeah. Say
0: something to, in Spanish to them.
1: <laughs> uh, Mom and Pop, los quiero mucho. Gracias por su apoyo. Y los quiero mucho. Y Siempre están en mi corazón.
0: Oh, it's so special. <laughs> Well, let me ask you something. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's uh, (laughs) the... I love that, by the way. But um, let me ask you something that's completely different from being um, a pilot. So you have... um, You are a beekeeper Mm -hmm. in your free time. So uh, share just a little bit about that. Because I'm fascinated... First of all, it's something I don't know anything about. But I'm fascinated by uh, just the... Um, what it takes to um, to be a beekeeper um, mm. and you do it right in your backyard
1: <laughs> yes actually so one of my hobbies is a bee. Uh, I'm a beekeeper and you uh, know it, uh, it's very therapeutic for me uh, to have bees in my backyard uh, mostly because you know sometimes I do want some quiet time and I work a lot in the yard and having these bees working in, in our yard it's really amazing to see them work and uh you know and learn about their you know their daily habits and it's one thing i've learned about the bees is that they count for 80 percent of our food source every day so we rely on these bees and uh you know and we're having and i'm sure you've heard about the bee collapse uh bee Uh population collapse and uh you know so I'm trying to uh, inform our neighbors and our, you know, our friends, the importance of bees and, you know, and having them in the backyard, it's, you know, it's just really rewarding for me. It's just just hearing them buzz around me and then, yes, I've gotten stung a few times <laughs> and, you know, but that's just being a, a beekeeper. Uh, but, you know, the rewarding thing is, you know, it's, you know, they they make honey and then, you know, I, you know, we can, You know, they reward us with honey. And so we harvest some of theirs, and hopefully, you get to enjoy some of the honey we gave you today. (laughs) And, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I I love them. And, um, and uh, it's just really uh, fascinating to have them in our yard.
0: So, such an interesting hobby, but so fruitful as well. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's amazing what kind of work these bees can do to your yard. And not necessarily to pollinate your 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 fruits and your vegetables. But and you also have a beautiful yard. Too. Oh thank you. Thank <laughs> you. That takes a lot of work. That's mostly me, but uh but for the most of the hard work the bees do most of the hard work. And not just bees, but other pollinators, you know, uh, are out there in the yard pollinating the our, our plants. And uh so it's, uh, it's really just fascinating just to watch them work.
0: So Is there anything that you want to share that maybe I haven't asked you or anything else that you want to talk about?
1: Um, I just want to acknowledge some of the people who've really been on my side, you know, throughout my career. Um, One of them, of course, my parents and of course, you know, Lois and Harvey Watson, my professors, you know, who's really have guided me to be where I, who I am today, um, you know, my flight instructor, Monica, and she's on United right now. She's, you know, she's been a fantastic, you know, not just flight instructor, but a friend. Uh, you know, of course, you know, i like to thank my husband, Nick, who been my biggest supporter in my, the last uh, 17 years we've been together. Uh He's seen me, you know, my, uh, you know, my good days and my bad days. And but overall, he's been my biggest supporter. So that's there's just so many people I like to thank, and if I want to say, you know, if we're if I do that, I we'll would be here all day today. So. <laughs> but also the high, you know, the biggest people who's really been the biggest impact in my life.
0: That sounds great. Like the people that have like helped uh, see your career take off, and Nick that's been there um, mm-hmm. by your side, and he's such an incredible guy. Just oh yeah, uh, he he's amazing.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: Well, Jorge, thank you so much for joining me on Stories Connect People podcast. Your story has just been so great, your career evolution, just the impact that you're uh, your friends and your family, and and those that have meant so much to you, have had on your life is, um, you know, I just love that you recognize them and and uh, just share how important they've been to helping you reach your dream and live this amazing life that you have. Um, this is such a joy for me doing the podcast because I get to highlight stories like yours and all of the great things that you're doing you're doing for other people and it is like everything i mean it's such a it's such a rewarding career for you but you are doing so much for other people and it's why i wanted to have you on stories connect people podcast and it's been really really amazing hearing your journey credit that you give to others and your family and just um, the love and passion that you put into your work is just beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to share my, my stories. And
0: if, uh, if anyone wanted to follow you on Instagram, is that, is that good? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. The,
0: share your um, Instagram.
1: It's under Lufjet Driver L U V J E T 74. On Instagram, and you can see all my pictures, my and I share my story sometimes in there. Uh, So you can follow me on Instagram.
0: Jorge, thank you so much for being on Stories Connect People podcast. It's been amazing having you as a guest.
1: Thank you so much, Polly.
0: Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.